Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author from My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy February and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our February heart-centered and passion-driven inspiration for a better living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. February's theme is family love, self-love, and partner's love it is a reverberation of Valentine's Day celebration. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our radio show this morning, my guest for today is Tamara Hunter. Tamara is a cancer survivor on a mission to change the world. As the president and co-founder of a nonprofit online cancer support community, Chemo Buddies for Life, she believes in healing through connections. Her passion can be felt through her work as the first global next impactor, CEO of Impactor Press, creative producer and host of multiple TV shows, and as a three-time best-selling author. Tamara's latest new show, Let's Talk Fab with Tamara, airs on the E360 TV network, Fresh Takes Channel, on Sundays at noon Pacific. Tamara is also one of our featured expert contributors to our February Inspiration for Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her inspiring and empowering story, Family is First, in the Our Global Village section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Tamara and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and her inspiring and empowering view on life and family is love. Happy Wednesday, Tamara, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitten Talk Radio. How are you doing this morning? I am doing wonderful. Thank you for inviting me to share about this, you know, the season of love. I love February. <laughs> <laughs> So do we. This is fantastic. It is a pleasure to have you with me. What's interesting about it is that when you talk about Valentine, people would think just for couples, but it is about more than that. The reverberation touches everyone, and especially families, because in the family is 24-7. Absolutely. I am absolutely in agreement. In fact, that's why the article that I wrote for the magazine mm-hmm. this month. Your magazine is called Family is Love because I mm-hmm. absolutely 100% from the tip of my toes to the top of my head believe that that is exactly it. That Valentine's, because, you know, truthfully, mm-hmm. lately I've been hearing that some people are actually like boycotting Valentine's Day. <laughs> what is that about? I don't get it. Yet, I, when when they think about it, only in regards to, if you will, romantic mm-hmm. love. Yeah, maybe, because sometimes we're not always in that ooey-gooey place, right? right However, right, right. when we really understand the power of love and that mm-hmm. it is a part of our family, it's a part of our DNA, that's when we can embrace it again. So I'm all on a mission. Put me right. out there on, you know, coach. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a mission to uh, realize that love is a part of our daily life and let's embrace 
Valentine's again. Okay. <laughs> so true. That's wonderful. Well, what it is, the flip side of the equation, as you know, we humans, we take things for granted, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't think about yeah. it. So the good news is, if nothing else, like I say, the energy of reverberation of Valentine's Day, it keeps us like, oh, February, love. <laughs> and I have to think about love, family love. Oh, yeah, love for my wife, love for my girlfriend, love for my husband, boyfriend, and that kind of thing. And so that makes a big difference because sometimes we need that nice, cute reminder. That's when Cupid comes in, I guess, in some ways. <laughs> well, you know, absolutely. In fact, when you were just mentioning that, I'm thinking the kids have it right. You know, when think mm-hmm. about those days when we used to make that box, you know, in elementary mm-hmm. school to receive our, our little handmade valentines from every single member in our class. Now, right. That right there, I think, is a universal truth in that we can share that love, that agape mm-hmm. love, that, that universal love, if you will, with mm-hmm. all of those that are in our, our, our class, in our mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. in our mm-hmm. world, because that right there is a great lesson for us adults to remember right. that. They say we all right. have a child inside of us. Let's bring them back mm-hmm. out for Valentine's. What do you think? <laughs> no doubt about it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Definitely love it. Well, let's start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And by the way, we do have the whole hour now. <laughs> well, yeah, and we'd almost need a couple of hours for just that question in itself. I'll tell you, anybody that knows my story knows that that is a loaded question. So I'm going to give kind of the crib notes on it. I was a okay. bubble child. Um, because of health issues and such things, you know, I was born with issues, um, everything from a, a mouth that wasn't working correctly where no one could understand me until I was in grade school. And now they can't shut me up now that they fixed everything <laughs> and taught me how to talk, right? And then um, found out that, you know, I was, you know, higher power. I, I'm, a, I'm a believer. So, you know, I think God has a sense of humor. He, mm-hmm. he gave me a beautiful challenge of being allergic to the sun and had me born in San Diego, California. Uh-huh. One of the <laughs> most beautiful sunny areas of the world, right? You know, America's <laughs> finest city couldn't go out in the daytime. All right. And then you add on, I had immunity issues too. And so mm-hmm. really, you know, back in the day, they had that movie Bubble Child. Well, John Travolta mm-hmm. played the lead role. I could have doubled in. I really could have because <laughs> I lived that life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, that started it all. But it was a great lesson. Those lessons I learned at a very young age that life doesn't necessarily give us the, you know, rose-colored glasses. However, I wear them because I learned how to cope at a very young age, too. You know, I had wonderful mentors called family. You know, Mm -hmm. did we have a perfect family? No, nothing close to it. That's why next, you know, my to get to today, I say I had many lifetime story movies that are Mm -hmm. part of my life script. You know, it's like I could have had one for every decade. It would have been a real, you know, (laughs) nail biter because of everything that went through. And then, um, you know, everything from I've lived underground, every, you know, a lot of people are out there speaking about this trauma or that trauma. I probably lived most of them, you know, one way or another. And then, Mm -hmm. um, and then I was, um, I'm one of five people on four generations that heard those three words, you have cancer. And so I am a cancer survivor warrior, proud of it, you know, the cancer. It's just a 
chapter in my book of life, and that gave me my purpose. You know, when our darkest days, we think they're our darkest days, but they can be our bright light if we allow for it to be. And so now, today, I um, I am on a global mission, like you read my bio, mm-hmm. to change the world, literally. And we and I'm going to in, include all of the listeners of this show and then share this out because we can literally change the way that our lives are handled, especially when it comes to an epidemic. People don't understand that cancer has become an epidemic, and mm-hmm. they and and we need to do something about it, and we can. Uh, us laymen and women um, that do not have any kind of professional medical experience, we can make a difference, and we can actually help to heal. And this month of February, I embrace because that four-letter word love is how mm-hmm. we do it. So that brings you to today. Fantastic. That's really wonderful. I'm glad you brought up the cancer thing because you don't have to have cancer to be involved with the cancer movement or as a whole know about cancer. Like my sister is a cancer survivor in Malaysia. And Mm -hmm. thank goodness, Mm -hmm. early in time from her normal yearly physical, so to speak, right? And Mm -hmm. so I think Mm -hmm. if you're not a cancer survivor, but you know someone who's a cancer survivor, you're not that far off. Let me put it this way. Exactly. You know, I I speak on stages all Mm -hmm. over, and um, I start off always the same. Anybody that's ever seen me could probably even quote the two questions I ask right off the bat. I'll ask, have you or anyone you love ever heard these three words? You have Mm -hmm. cancer. Then I ask them to stand. I take a moment and I look around. And then I follow up with the next question. Do you know someone that knows someone that's heard those three words? Stand. Then I look around the room and I have everybody look too. And I can tell you, it doesn't matter how many people are in that room or stadium or, or you know, conference center, wherever it right. is, that everybody is standing. Why? Because one in every two men, one in every three women, as far as the American right. Cancer Society, will be affected. However, our nonprofit is for both. Those people right. that are affected either as a patient or they love and support them and, Mm -hmm. and that we can band together and there's healing through connection. So your sister around the world, you know, in Malaysia Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. is, would be, you are a buddy. We consider you a support buddy. And so, you know, the good news is that we can literally change it. We just need to be aware that we have the power Mm -hmm. to do it. Mm -hmm. So true. Going back to your childhood life, what mm-hmm. were the most memorable moments? Well, you know, I, I, what comes to mind, okay, I was a shy mm-hmm. child. I couldn't talk when I was young. You know, people didn't yeah. understand me. I could talk, but, you know, no one understood what I was saying. And so yeah. um, I, I was adopted to my stepfather, but when I was very young, I was still associated mm-hmm. with my birth father. And mm-hmm. he worked for one of the regional airlines at the time down San Diego. And he took me on an adventure. We went up in the airplane and the, the little stewardess, the stewardesses, uh, I was like this little, you know, um, <laughs> they dressed me up like a, a mini little stewardess. And then the, at the mm-hmm. time, back in the day, you know, I'm kind of a little older, a few days, wink, wink. And um, they gave me these little mints on a tray to hand out to people if they wanted them. And right. there was this big guy, big guy with, uh, he had a cast on. And now mm-hmm. uh, this is the 
eyes of a child is how I remember this, right? <laughs> but his cast was like all the way up his leg, right up to, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was in like a uniform of some type. And I remember this and I got so embarrassed that I dropped mm-hmm. the whole thing of mint, mints on his lap. So I had this vision that they went down his cast, <laughs> right? And I'm thinking, oh, no. So I went running. I remember running up, hiding my face, crying, like, okay. And then the person walked by, you know, and, and, and mm-hmm. I remember this so distinctly. And, and yeah. looking back now as a child, I'm thinking, what a great memory for a lesson yeah. because it was push through your fear. Okay, something, something always happens. Now, mm-hmm. at that moment, now I would laugh about it, right, with the right. person and make sure they're okay. However, you know, um, it was such a moment in time that I recalled it as I was growing older to overcome mm-hmm. my fear again. Like, okay, they they thought enough. I Here I couldn't really speak where anybody could – do you want a minute? No. Right. I just can't. It was, there's a way to always – have your message or the moment translate into what you the best self and i could smile mm-hmm. at someone i could look at someone i could offer something <laughs> right right yeah right, right. <laughs> what a memory that's right? amazing that's that's really <laughs> wonderful the word that came to mind is a gentle giant and mm-hmm. that person mm-hmm. probably realized you know like oh my god let me just put a smile on my face and connect <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And I'm sure that, you know, now I would love to be able to go in my time machine back to that moment and then (laughs) see how the interaction really went. The eyes of, I don't even think I was in kindergarten by then, you know, so I'm like maybe four, maybe four, maybe five years old, somewhere in there. And um, so, yeah, I love that gentle (laughs) giant. How did curiosity lead you to the quest to acquire knowledge? Well, I'm a curious cat. I just am. <laughs> I ask questions about everything. Um, being a bubble child and not having the internet back in those days, again, wink, wink, a few days old. And I, I learned that the library was one of my best friends and that mm-hmm. I was on a thirst of knowledge at all moments because I couldn't go out and play with the kids. Yeah. They're outside playing because what do parents do? They Send your kids outside to play, right? No, I couldn't do that. That was not my, I, I never was that child, never, ever mm-hmm. in my life. And so um, I, my play was my play in my mind. And mm-hmm. so curiosity, I, I'm, I'm a self-professed geek and proud of it <laughs> because I love, love, love to learn. And, um, in fact, I'm one of those kind of people now, I'm almost obnoxious. I, watch, I love documentaries <laughs> or docu-series, and I'll watch it, then I'll go learn everything I can about the real people that it's about. Then I'll go watch it again, you know, and anybody that's around me like, okay, yeah, she's going to watch this at least twice. She has a little routine in between, and they kind of like just go off and do whatever mm-hmm. they want because it's like, there I am. And uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just always curiosity is one of my favorite things in life because you never are disappointed. You can always learn something. That's true. Very, very true. Were there major influences in your life when you were growing up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Definitely. Well, my family, definitely. And, And I will tell you, it was not, you know, we can we can have those families that there were moments in time that 
people will show up at their very best self that it can be a broken family, a broken family, yet the individuals on their own can be stalwart mentors. And um, my grandfather was amazing. He was my hero. To this day, he still is. And a man full of integrity. And he, he he was the first of his generation and of landowners, but he stood for integrity and he was disowned for it. And he ended Mm. up being basically kicked out of the family, not getting to inherit. And um, because he stood for his morals and his beliefs and Mm -hmm. he ended up becoming, if you will, a pauper in life, but he was, he served his whole, his whole life. He served others. And he let us know as a family that it's not riches of money, it's riches of souls, it's riches of helping others through their their journey of life. And he taught me this. And uh, my mom, his daughter, taught me, I mean, we had our struggles. It was not sure. an easy childhood. It was not, any, but she taught me both through good and bad lessons and Looking back on it, that was such a mentorship. And then um, I, I had already said I am a believing person. The book of Job is, is like mm-hmm. Job is one of my idols. You know, you look at everything, and we are tested in this world. We cannot get around it. Some of the most favored are tested. And for us to go through some kind of a dark moment and think, oh, why, why me? Why not you? Why not me? <laughs> You know, yeah. that can sometimes be that four-letter word, love, and sometimes right. it's called tough love. But we find out who we are and what we right. believe in. And so, those, you know, those are really, they've been through some of my darkest moments. Those are the ones, those lessons, those mm-hmm. people are the ones that I've called upon, and, and they have inspired me throughout right. my life. Very, very interesting. When you look at family, basically, Mm-hmm. Back then, as mm-hmm. a child, and then obviously as a mother, and if I'm not mistaken, you're a grandmother now as well. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm a nana. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the generations, and this is an interesting part, like I say, how do you view family then as compared to now? Great question. Great question. Back then, you know, I, I was raised in Southern California in San Diego County, but I was in a one horse town. And we were kind of, if you will, protected from the outside world in, in a way. And so I didn't get to, and I'm bubble kid on top of it, right? So mm-hmm. um, I I didn't see the world for what it, it was in, to, in, you know, in, in total. So my view of family was a bit limited. It was my immediate family, and truthfully, at the time, there were times that I wanted to be a part of another family, and I actually <laughs> kind of became, um, you mm-hmm. know, I was young, and I I needed to live somewhere else for a little while because of family strife and problems, and I was kind of unofficially adopted by another family, and mm-hmm. that taught me how family, you know, can be those that share the love, and I was in my teens by then. Now, looking back as a nana and everything that I've been through, I understand family to be beyond the blood and legal um, mm-hmm. de- definitions. It's 
who right. we choose to have in our family life. That's why I love your book so much, why you, I love your message, message and mission <laughs> to understand that, that, you know, we can have multiple adopted moms that, you know, mm-hmm. share their recipes for the soul and inspire us, right? Because mm-hmm. that is called the love of, of mothers. I, have I now kind of like unofficially adopted others as my kids and as my grandkids? Yes, I have. I have. Mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. that are not blood or legal responsibilities of mine, yet I consider them family because mm-hmm. I absolutely love the connection, and they will be my family for the rest of my life. That's how I look at it because, interestingly enough, when I speak and people say, well, are you a parent? No. Are you married? No. But I'm a good product of parenting. <laughs> Uh I'm a product of good parenting, basically, in a nutshell. What I shared with them, and then all of a sudden they were taken aback in the sense that, ooh. And that comes back full circle. We talk about sometimes when we are in the moment, and it's funny because we are in the moment, but we don't see everything. It needs someone outside to point those things out. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. the beauty of it, and I think that's the difference in terms of what you have to offer and what I have to offer from that perspective. It's because of things that we have encountered in our life, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And we have, like you say, extended families uh, from a friend's standpoint of view and so forth, because these are the few things that are very important in our lives, yours and mine. We share mm-hmm. common authentic integrity. We share common Absolutely. values. And that from itself, will create that ripple effect going forward, if that makes sense. People need to understand that. That's the foundation, to be honest with you. So, And when you have that, obviously, personal success begins at home. Those are taught mm-hmm. at home, right? <laughs> but mm-hmm. however, if it does not exist at home, it's out there. There are people that have those values, and you will connect with them. And guess what? Family is who loves us and who we love. And yes. it's not all about DNA, you see. And that's yeah. the difference. Absolutely. Very well said. Looking back in your life, and I know obviously being a cancer survivor, that's part of pivotal moments in your life that you really have little or no control of and so forth. Were there other events in your life that occurred that sort of gave birth to your creative mindset that helped to nurture your self-care of leadership attitude, so to speak? Oh, yes, yes. Well, I, one of the things that I do love about the family, my grandfather really, well, it's even further back, my great-grandmother mm-hmm. and, you know, generational, because I'm really into, I'm a genealogy detective, self, you know, for fast, <laughs> I can find anyone, truthfully. I People have put me through the test, and I have, I have, I I have come through each and every time. And Mm -hmm. so I love to learn about, you know, generational patterns and such. And it was really big in my family to be philanthropic. And so I I joined very young at 11 years old. And I went all the way, not only in Girl Scouts. uh, I did that even pre-11. But, um, you know, I went all the way in Girl Scouts. And then so that, that helps to help you with leadership skills and, you know, all the different things that you learn in that kind of a, a, a group. But I also joined a group that was all about leadership for young ladies. And um, it taught how to be philanthropic, how to give back to the community, how to, um, you know, also uh, everything from 
speaking. By then, I was able to speak. I had been through eight years of speech therapy. I had, um, you know, years and years of all sorts of orthodontry. Sometimes I still trip on my tongue. (laughs) It can happen. Um, But, you know, I had all sorts of help. And um, so then it was time for me to learn to speak in front of others. And so um, they, my, my mother and my um, grandparents uh, put me into this, this group and it was all about service. And Mm -hmm. so I learned at a very young age, not only at home, but also being a part of, of these two organizations that we can make a difference. And, you know, we did everything from, you know, raising funds, um, uh, even things like pancake breakfast or, you know, those different <laughs> things, you know, because we were a smaller community. But we mm-hmm. had, during my high school years, we had a huge, great flood, you know, and we, people lost their homes. We had all sorts of problems. What did we do as a community? And what did we do as an organization? We came to the rescue, and we were out there, and we were, you know, gathering what needed to be gathered for those families that were displaced. And, you know, it's, you learn at a young age, and then that just becomes a part of who you are. And right. so, um, you know, I think that, you know, you can you can find it within yourself, but also we can be encouraging our youth. And that's another message really out there of awareness is that we, the generation, you know, the, of the parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, all like what you were saying, you know, that we can yeah. have these adopted families. We need to be encouraging our youth today to serve each other and that's going to mm-hmm. help to heal a lot of the wounds that we have in so many of our our communities that feel so broken and and it's time that we start to heal them and we heal them from the inside out and mm-hmm. and a lot of it comes back to this month of love that is called love you know, mm-hmm. I, again, I'm on that, that picket line, you know, <laughs> I'm here for the Valentine's. Let's look at it. How can we take the love out there? And we can do it through service. I have a show right. called Service Heroes. And it's called, mm-hmm. and, and what it is is about uh, inspiring stories of those that are inspiring others. And mm-hmm. I have recognized junior service heroes, kids that are doing exactly what I'm talking about. And you know, in Australia or here in the United States and, mm-hmm. and, you know, all over, we have people that are stepping up to the plate. We need more of them. And it starts with us, folks. It starts with us mm-hmm. to engage and encourage. And when they want to go out there and maybe help disrupt things, let's, let's turn that frown upside down and smile it away. <laughs> and, 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 and yet, you know, beyond kumbaya, sure, yeah. but we can actually do actionable steps to serve mm-hmm. and it starts with the belief that we can actually do it and we can we can very very interesting i mean that's beautiful when did you realize that love is part of the equation is it a gradual process i always had it but i didn't know i did truthfully mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i uh, the awakening of people like say things like, oh, camera, you know, rose-colored glasses, or camera, she's all about the white picket fence. I'm like, I've never had a white picket fence, and my life has been so upside down and all around, you know, how can you Mm -hmm. say that? Yeah, it's always been my attitude. So others saw it in me, maybe before I even embraced it to the Mm -hmm. fact that I do now. And what really, it was the experience of going through those three words, and, you know, losing my hair, and 
and and all the things because I always knew I had something big in my life I was to accomplish. I always knew it. Mm-hmm. Others did too. And you know, and truthfully, I saw it more and maybe more of a you know way. What does a society teach us? Oh, you need to look right. away. You need to do this and that. And I was a little bit into that. I was truthfully, um, you know. So it was always about uh i was always a top performer in all the businesses that i did i was always mm-hmm. one to go after things because you know it comes back from the childhood what did i do i geek right geek and so mm-hmm. i would just go after it and when i realized when everything was stripped away i had breast cancer i had a double mastectomy i had lost my fingernails my toenails my hair Wow. Um, I had I had boils on my face because I was getting a double dip from my chemotherapy, which I did go mm-hmm. traditional, and because I also had precancer of my face, and so my chemotherapy internal was was kind of like taking care of that too. Thank goodness. Yeah. However, when all that was stripped away and I came out of this and then had my purpose in life, that's when I realized I had we have everything we need inside of us. And that's right. when I finally got it. It's like, okay, yeah, I've always been about love in every single situation, but I didn't embrace it the same way that mm-hmm. I do now. And mm-hmm. my whole life now is all about it. Some some of my volunteers have <laughs> even given me a hashtag. It's hashtag Tamara Love, and and <laughs> you know, and I and at first I was a little embarrassed by it, but now I embrace that too. It's like, yes, we need. To mm-hmm. shout it from the rooftops. We need to go yeah. out there with the picket signs and say we're all about love, guys, and proud mm-hmm. of it. Beautiful. That's really beautiful. You're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. I'm Johnny Tan, your host. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitches Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, Mixcloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. Here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. February's theme is family love, self-love, and partner's love. It is a reverberation of Valentine's Day celebration. My guest for today is Tamara Hunter. Tamara is a cancer survivor on a mission to change the world. As the president and co-founder of a nonprofit online cancer support community, Chemo Buddies for Life, she believes in healing through connections. Her passion can be felt through her work as the first global next impactor, CEO of Impactor Press, creator, producer, and host of multiple TV shows. And as a three-time best-selling author, Tamara's latest new show, Let's Talk Fab with Tamara, airs on the E360 TV network, Fresh Take Channel, on Sundays at noon Pacific. Tamara is also one of our contributors for the Inspiration for Better Living digital magazine. Please check it out at inspirationsforbetterliving.com and read her beautiful story about family is love. That brings us to our conversation this morning is about her remarkable life's journey and her inspiring and empowering view on life and family is love. Tamara, why the concept of family is love? Well, you know, it's to say anybody that knows my story mm-hmm. knows that my family could have been for a period of time in my life could have been anything but love. They could say mm-hmm. on a 30,000-foot level, like, Tamara, why are you saying this? Isn't it contradictory to what your actual life was? No. No. <laughs> that's the 
reason why I went with it is because no one is perfect. No family is perfect. Nothing in life is perfect. If it was, it wouldn't be called life, and it wouldn't be such an amazing journey that we get mm-hmm. to go on. And the fact that we can see love, even in moments in time, it goes back to the story of Job again. You know, God to God, any, anybody that doesn't even believe her, okay, that's fine. Look at it as a story, like a storybook story. There's a yeah. man. And there's, a, you know, God, and there's someone mm-hmm. that's saying, oh, yeah, Job has it so easy. He has it so easy. If we try him and make it really hard on him, strip him of everything, he's going to give up on his faith. He's going to give up on it. The love there in that story is resounding. Here's a man in literally, he loses everything, you know, worldly possessions, his family, his friends. You know, he's like, okay, why am I being forsaken? But he wasn't. He wasn't. He had a loving God that had allowed him to find out what was inside of him. And he never faltered. He never wavered. He kept his belief and his love for his his deity, for his God. And in that love, finally, you know, when felt, and he was on the verge to possibly losing his earthly life, the test was over. And then, you know, the moral of the story, he was rewarded much more than he ever had mm. before, you know. And and yet, he never let go of his love. Neither did the deity. Never, neither did the God. God, you know. Mm. And, and so, in that, that is the greatest story of why I chose family is love. Because mm-hmm. there is love in every single moment of our family journey, even if it's a broken family, even if, because where there is life, there is love. Sometimes we have to look deep. And some people could say, oh, yeah, okay, that's a bunch of malarkey. Mm -hmm. You may think so. You may think so. But remember, (laughs) I'm a genealogy detective. I am. And I have looked back, and there are stories that I can even, I haven't met some of these people in my family and other people's families, but I can see Mm -hmm. the love that came through even what looks like was probably a tough journey, you can see right. it even after they've passed. Right, right. Yeah. And it's true. What came to mind in my situation, Tamara, and certainly there's different ways of bringing up children, right? Different cultures mm-hmm. and so forth. So I grew up in Malaysia, and I was adopted by my Malaysian family. I remember there's one particular situation. I don't remember the age that I was. I do know of course, at the time, it looks like, oh, my God, right? But now when I look back, it's different perspective. But anyway, this is what happened. So I was in my neighbor's house, which is right across the street, because we live like your house is over that side of the street and my house on this side of the street. So needless to say, mm-hmm. I was at my neighbor's house playing. Well, guess what? Somewhere along the line, my mom was looking for me and couldn't find me and didn't know where I was. At the time, of course, in Malaysia, as it is over here, there's all this some wacko out there trying to kidnap kids and stuff like that, right? So <laughs> you're always going to have that in anywhere that you look at. Here I'm like, hey, bye, see you later. So I'm walking to my house, and like my mom was looking at me like with fire coming out of her. <laughs> and like, where yeah, the heck exactly. have you been, right? And yeah, out of that anger or fear or whatever you want to call it, we have corporal punishment back home in Malaysia at the time when I was growing up. So yeah. So she beat me up a little bit, but to 
discipline, right? For, because, like I say, different mm-hmm. ways of influencing right. kids and so forth. Of course, immediately when I'm looking, what the heck? I mean, it's like I'm like across the street. <laughs> what the heck are you worried about, right? So, but as a kid, yeah, you don't think about that. But then when you look deeper, yeah, she was horrified. That was part of her love because mm-hmm. she was so oh, afraid oh, oh, yeah. of losing me. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So to each his own, right? You can take it any way you mm-hmm. want. But when I look back, she didn't anything wrong. In some ways, I did because I'm like happy-go-lucky, nonchalant, <laughs> disappeared for <laughs> three, four hours. Because as a kid, you don't think about anything, right? Mm-hmm. That was very, very interesting. And then I do talk about that because I want the people in the moment, the picture is a little bit different. But when you have enough time to look back, mm-hmm. the theme looks a little bit different. Very different. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. What is generational love? Generational love, I love this concept. Again, you know, mm-hmm. I'm really seriously into genealogy, family history, and, mm-hmm. you know, again, mine was not, a, you know, some could say my tree has plenty of, like, circles and twigs that have broken off and then maybe we're patched back on or whatever yet generational love is i see the lessons that come through from you know our parents our grandparents our great grandparents mm-hmm. our aunts our uncles you know some cultures have godparents some it might be an aunt or uncle whatever it may be it's that wisdom it's that 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 a godly love of, okay, this is where I have come from. I love you. Like in that story that you just shared, you know, mm-hmm. your mother was sharing her love for you. She's not your, she didn't give birth to you. She adopted you. That was a yeah. choice, a love choice. And mm-hmm. when you didn't show up and she didn't know where you were, she panicked. She was afraid. Where are you? That is right there, a great example of first generational love. Now you go, mm-hmm. you start going back. I am really lucky to have stories. Um, some of the people in my family, um, both my blood family and my adopted family, because mm-hmm. I was also adopted, but I was adopted by my stepfather. Um, mm-hmm. And some of these different people, they were actually the school teachers and such, and they re- they had enough foresight to write their stories. And I have stories of you know, like, what's a dugout house? Well, I know mm-hmm. what it is because I have a great-grandmother or great-great-grandmother that was a school teacher, and she wrote, she explained it. And she, with love, talked about how they chose to live in a dugout house before they, as they were planting the fields and so that they could have this, so that they could provide for their family. All right, some could mm-hmm. look at it in another way, but I choose to look at for the love of it. They had right. a roof over their head. They they were providing for their family. They were living off the, the land. Mm-hmm. So many layers of love right there. And we can mm-hmm. learn from that. Right. We can learn right. from generational love. And then it's obviously, you know, the love that we give to those that are alive right now. For example, I'm a proud Nana. Do I love my grandkids? Oh, <laughs> so much. You know, and, and, and do I want to share these stories with them? Absolutely. I want them mm-hmm. to know them. And there's so many cultures that for you know, you can look back hundreds and hundreds of years where they had it down. They told those stories. The wisdom of right. the elders 
they would sit around the fire. They would share those stories, and so that they would be they would be handed down generationally. We can look mm-hmm. back on those patterns and understand exactly what I'm saying. What generational love is all about. Yes, yes, no doubt about it. That's beautiful. As you know, all families are different, as we have talked about. How can we create an environment that draws the best from family members and situations? I think through grace, through forgiveness, Mm -hmm. through unconditional love, unconditional love. Let's underline Mm -hmm. that. Let's bold it. Let's put a a yellow highlighter over that word, unconditional. (laughs) When we when we start to pin down what we believe is the perfect family, what we believe the perfect love story is, what we believe the perfect whatever may be, we right there throw out the idea of what really love can be in a family because we are we're kind of like being producers. Like, what do you want, a movie, a love story mm-hmm. movie, or do you want real <laughs> life? And right. when we have real life, we're we're willing to show up in the moment, and it may be painful sometimes, and it may be that the person hurt you so deeply, and you know what, I'm a big believer in therapy, I've done it for years, <laughs> you know, seriously, and you can learn that, okay, and I also believe in toolboxes, I, this is one of my mm-hmm. my speeches, I, I talk about it, and, and talk about how sometimes we need to pull, our toolboxes can be those different specialists that can come into our world at a moment in time when we need some outside help because we don't, as humans, don't come in with, you know, we don't have that in stereo instructions on how to have a perfect life. We Mm -hmm. have to live it in our messiness. And yet there are times where it seems so big that we're willing to just walk away and throw up our hands and say, "Uh uh-uh. And there are times where we need to. It can be dangerous. I, I know this. I've lived that. You know, it can be bad. And don't stay in a dangerous situation. Please do not stay if there is danger. Danger, go away. However, if you can save it and you can go through therapy and you can bring in experts that might help to ease through some of the the, the rough times and the, mm-hmm. and the pain that life can present, then, you know, it's like those couples that they're like, you know, they look at each other when they're old and gray and they look at each other and they laugh like, wow, can you believe we did it? And yeah. it's like, I would never have done it with anybody but you, but boy, did I want to give up <laughs> so many times. And yeah. that, I think, is what life is all about. So we need to give each other grace. We need to forgive. We need to experience that mm-hmm. unconditional love. And when we when we don't, we need to start with ourselves. And that's where some people have the hardest time. They mm-hmm. really do. They have the hardest time in loving themselves. And so if you're having a struggle with that, please start there before you start throwing others away. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might be lashing out, and then later you're going to regret that decision. Um, but I am a big proponent on if you're in danger, then mm-hmm. you're in danger. And that's a right. hard reality. Mm-hmm. However, you know, you need to get some help. One way or another, and don't live in that danger. That's true. I mean, danger is a different thing. When you look at different scenarios and so forth, and again, this is interesting when you talk about generational love, each generation were brought up based on what they know how, or how they were brought up. Let me put it this way. That would be the best thing 
to describe that. So having said that, in allowing curiosity to lead the way, then we put ourselves in a situation where we are looking through the lens of love. When we look through the lens of love, then it's not about us anymore. It's about understanding the other person. You don't have to agree with it, but at least you understand their actions. Because in the end, is the intent to hurt you or it's just their action that just happened to cause a ripple effect of hurt? Exactly. Exactly. Very well said. Exactly. And we don't have to necessarily like the action. Mm-hmm. We can, you know, not agree upon the action, but we can love the person. And mm-hmm. and that's where we have to sometimes differentiate that, you know, those two things. And so very well said. We talk about grace. I presume that is also mindfulness and gratitude in a way that fits into the equation. Be thankful for what oh. you already have. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 100%. In fact, um, uh, I I have some different journal type workbooks and such. And mm-hmm. in those, um, the first one I ever did is a giveaway through my nonprofit celebration mm-hmm. journal. And, um, and, and then I go into these others. And my daily practice has always been since I was a kid is to write down, what are you grateful for every single day? What are you grateful for? And um, because I learned that when I was going through, you know, as a bubble child, okay, so mm-hmm. I can't go out and play with kids, but what am I grateful for? I'm grateful for this today, you know? So it was a, a practice well before it, now it's kind of like the end thing, but back then it really wasn't. <laughs> I was really right. lucky that I was taught at a very young age, Ken, you know, my mentors, um, my family, to look at what what is working what do what can you be grateful for today and there have been those times that when i you know when i went through my cancer journey i lost my voice i i had to live pre-covid i was in isolation um so i, I knew the drill mm-hmm. for covid that you know it's like old old school um uh, and and during that time once again i had lost my voice i lost it because of of chemo source on my vocal cords and and Yet, I could still, even through tears sometimes, I would go through what it was I grateful for. And sometimes it was, I have clean water. How many people in this world don't? I have clean Mm. pajamas that don't hurt my skin because everything hurts then. I have many pillows because after my surgeries, I couldn't even lay down. I had many pillows. I was so grateful for them. I had a bed to lay in instead of being on the dirt. You see, I had so many reasons and a roof, you know, so many things that I could be mm-hmm. grateful for. I couldn't eat. eat. Mm-hmm. It was very difficult to eat. There were so many. I, I could go. The list could be very long what what was a problem. But I had so many things to be grateful for. And each time I went through that drill every single day, you know, I realized that I can't feel sorry for myself at all. There are so many that have it worse, and we need to make it better for them. But I'm going to get through today so I can tomorrow help. That's true. Very, very true. What was the greatest lesson learned when you look back in life? Greatest lesson, I wrote about this in one of the books, um, uh, Mastering Our Mountains. And Mm -hmm. my greatest lesson was I was in a dangerous situation in my family. Um, It was very dangerous for myself and my children. Mm-hmm. And I had to leave everything. I had to leave everything and literally escape one state, get refuge in another, and go underground 
And um, that lesson in itself was that you're never alone, no matter if you have family, friends, whatever. I had to give up. You know, no one could know where we were because it was that mm. dangerous there for a while. However, people pushed up that, you know, go back to your belief system. My belief is so strong. I know we were not alone. Mm-hmm. We were not alone, even though people didn't know where we were. My belief system was that there was my higher power, my God, knew where we were. And there were ministering angels that helped mm-hmm. us through those moments. We left without shoes for one of my kids, and we didn't. We were literally washing our underwear every night in the sink, and then taking the blow dryer and blowing it out so we could have clean underwear the next day. We were in that situation, yet we were not alone. Mm-hmm. And and that is when the darkest moments in our lives show up. There is love. Mm-hmm. We may not see it. We may not understand it. We cannot give up on it. Because it is literally there. There is a frequency that of love that can heal. It heals right. us through it. It made myself, my kids stronger. And, mm-hmm. you know, we are on a mission now. I'm on a mission to change the world. And we can. Beautiful. That's true. Beautiful. How do you define yourself now? Oh, that I'm the I'm I'm your sister. I'm your mother. I'm the woman next door. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am a person that was born at this time, a time such as this, to help make a difference and that we all can do it. Mm-hmm. I'm no special, more special than anybody. I have listened to the calling, and I'm taking baby steps one day at a time to make a difference, and I know we can. I can. Mm-hmm. And that's how I, you know, and, and hashtag camera love. Oh, <laughs> oh, I own it. You know, I own it. Well, the beauty of it, what I see is that you can't be a good teacher in this case unless you experience it yourself. And that's why I even tell people that I'm an experiential keynote speaker. I'm not saying that learned keynote speaker is not good. It's got nothing to do with that. This is not about reading 5,000 books. And then when you come to me and I say, oh, yeah, I read that book, page 35, paragraph 3. <laughs> this is what you need to do. It's different than I hear you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. And I understand. And let me show you with you something fairly similar. This is how I reacted to it. Based on your comfort zone, your bubble of quiet confidence, so to speak, this is what you need to consider and act accordingly. That makes a big difference. And that's what you have to offer the world. Yes. And, and you know, it, it, one person can make a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the dominoes. And then touching another and another. And that's where we will literally change the world with our hearts. Mm-hmm. Right, right, so true. Please tell us about the Tour of Love. What is it all about? Tour of Love spawned out of the nonprofit. And um, we we went and did, I've done like 24-hour live, you know, back-to-back hosting events for Giving Tuesday. And then it turned into 36 hours. And the third year that I did this, 36 hours in a row on my on my TV station um, network, the E360 TV platform, uh, mm-hmm. we entitled it Tour of Love. And in the spirit of the 60s, we have these amazing graphics that some of uh, my one of my volunteers, she, she put together. And then my co-host now, because it's turning into a show, we're going into the second season. He is an Emmy Award winning filmmaker and 
Um, and what it is about is to bring out to the world messages of humor, hope, hope, humor, hope, heart hugs, and a whole lot of love, and that mm-hmm. we can fr- raise the frequency of the world through love and to do it in a way kind of like um, think of Roland Martin laughing. Look it up, guys, on Google if you don't know <laughs> what it is, you know, but it's like a variety of show where you have, you know, comedy and music and and such and then also comes to maybe you know the thought process and the mindset and gratitude thought leaders that can come in and share a a message of hope and inspiration like your magazine and and blend it all together and uh and then have it be a show that people can watch and then be inspired Mm by and it's a movement through it's that it goes along with everything again goes back to all of my roads lead back to one mission and that is that there can be healing through connection and we can do it and have fun too lots mm-hmm. of fun learn and grow together wonderful that's really wonderful what is the inspiration behind let's talk fabulous with Tamara? You know, truthfully, I, I, I joined the competition, you know, mm-hmm. and, and made it to the semifinals. And it was the Fab Over 40. And so it was like during that time, but it's deeper than that. It was, let's talk real. Let's talk real talk. Right. And because my, those people, you know, my big organization, my organization buddies, they need inspiring messages all the time. I'm thinking about that. So fabulous. Okay, we can talk real. We get, mm-hmm. you know. Truthfully, I can be real about real. However, mm-hmm. I'm always about bringing it around so that we can be inspired and feel fabulous. And I love that word, fabulous, fab. <laughs> you know, it kind of gives it that, you know, yeah. rad, you know, modern yeah. day feel to it. However, <laughs> it really comes, it boils down to the fact that we as humans need to be fed inspiration mm-hmm. and some kind of you know real meat if you will like at the mama's table you know the kitchen yes and yes. and that whole idea in fact i loved it when you came on and we and we had an amazing um show uh, with some of uh, your contributors uh, some of the authors mm-hmm. in in this month's magazine and and what was it all about it was that you know anybody that watched the show so many people have loved it came out of it feeling fabulous. And that's the whole idea. Mm -hmm. We need to realize every day how fabulous we are, no matter what we're going through. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, real talk. And in the end, you're going to feel fabulous. (laughs) I think it's the best of all the worlds. (laughs) I love it because words have power. And when you talk about the word in itself, fabulous, then Mm -hmm. there's something to your psyche and your energy within yourself that just kicks up a couple of notches. And that's the difference. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, anybody that knows me knows that I'm always smiling. And people are like, yeah, the perfect life. No, I don't. <laughs> but I choose to smile. Right. Because a right. smile has that energy. And in mm-hmm. a moment, a time, we need to bring, raise the frequency of our world. And mm-hmm. that's what it's all about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so true. Where can someone go to buy your books, get more information about all your broadcast shows, and keep up with your latest happenings. You know, it's really easy. My name with three A's. So T A M A R A, then 360.com. 
like a business card. And, and, you know, I keep it current and you can go there and click on it. And it has uh, for the books, the workbooks, mybigdreamlife.com. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, it will take you right there, tell you about them. And the whole idea here is that we can live a better life. And I put those on Amazon basically at cost. Guys, they're inexpensive and they will help you to accomplish what you want in your big dream life because everybody has it that they should dare themselves to live fully. And I dare all of you to live your full life. Wonderful. What is next for you? Oh, you know, it's always a journey. And (laughs) bottom line, let's heal the earth. Let's raise the frequency and let's share the love. Join the movement. Let's, you know, Tour of Love is coming, second season. Be watching for that. It's supposed to be coming live in spring. That's right now what's looking. And then um, I have some books that I'm involved in, and I'm always, always busy. And um, I expect to be going back on the road here soon. And, you know, going out there, and I love doing stage work. I love it, being mm-hmm. able to share the story and meet people. Wonderful. As we are coming close to the end of the hour, since our show is about people, family, and living life, would you like to share a recipe for living with our listeners this morning? Absolutely. Have recipe, humor, hope, heart, <laughs> hug, and a whole lot of love. And if you do that, I know every day you will be able to live you to the fullest and help to raise the frequency of the world through love. Let's do it. Healing through connection, baby. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful. That's really beautiful. Tamara, thank you for the wonderful recipe for living and for spending this hour with me on From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me next Wednesday morning, February the 15th at 10 a.m. Central Time, U.S. My guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release in 2023, Chicken Soup for the Soul, Lessons Learned from My Cat for... Everyone that loves cats, there you go. For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Tamara, it's been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed February. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you. Bye-bye.